Hello everyone, welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast, how to turn your passion into a profession. And this is Rita Join, a very warm welcome to you. I've been obsessed about a book that I only discovered about 24 hours ago, literally. And I've mentioned a lot of books on this podcast, and what, but the, the, the author behind the book is so refreshing that I just feel compelled to share her story with you and to share how that has influenced what I'm doing in the past 24 hours in terms of looking at my passions and looking at the professions that I want to really dive into and how that's, being, that's playing out. So the lady that I'm talking about, you may have seen her TED Talk. If you haven't, I highly recommend that you watch her TED Talk. It's Barbara Sher, and the, the name of the talk is Isolation is the dream killer, not your attitude. Isolation is the dream killer, not your attitude. And after listening to her talk, um, I was really impressed. I hadn't, I hadn't heard of Barbara Sher before. I didn't know any of her work. I was, just on the, I was on the treadmill at the gym and I was just flicking through some YouTube clips and hers just came up. I don't know how. I clicked on it and I just started listening to it. And then 16, 17 minutes later, I was wrapped. And I wanted to know, I had no idea she had been doing what she's been doing, like speaking and writing about how to take what you want and turn it into a profession. She doesn't call it that. She teaches people something called wish craft. So let me just clarify, wish, W-I-S-H, craft, not witchcraft, wishcraft. And she teaches people how to actually get what you want, but not through motivation, not through positive action, not through um, incantations, not through, you know, none of any of that stuff. She basically says that the reason why you don't have what you want is because you're stuck. And the reason why you're stuck is because you're isolated, like literally physically you're isolated. You're not around people. And so she has these things back in the 70s um, and 80s. And I think that's um, what she was saying in the uh, TED Talk. Definitely she published a book in 1979. So by the 1980s, I believe, she was doing these workshops. They were called success workshops or ideas workshop. And the whole premise around it was just tell us what you want in a group that people should ask people, tell me what you want. Like, what is it that you want? Someone might say, I want to get married. Someone might say, I want to be a photographer. Someone might say, I want to be able to go back to medical school, whatever it was. And then the second thing that follows is, so what do you want? Okay. That's what you want. Now, what's stopping you? What's specifically stopping you? Someone might say, well, I don't have the money to go and be a photographer. I don't have the money to buy the equipment. Or someone might say, well, I think I'm too old or I have like a child and I don't know if I can um, take the time to do, uh, go back to college or university. So she, people, what she's trying to get people to do is state what you want and now give us specifically why, what, what it is that's making you stuck, anything it might be. And as a collective in a group, what happens is ideas emerge. And because when you say to someone, I want to go and be a photographer, but I need help, people kind of go, I don't know. I don't know what you would do. I don't know. I've never been a photographer. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could go, I don't know. Right? But if you say, I want to be a photographer, but I don't have the camera. I don't have the money for the camera. Or I don't have the money to go and travel to take the shots in the African uh, on an African safari, when you give a sp specificity as to why you can't or what's stopping you specifically, 
She says that people are innately wanting to help. You will have people who have connections. You will have people who will brainstorm with you on how to be able to take that thing away. Now, here's what's really interesting. Last, about a week ago, I met up with a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in two years. I hadn't seen her in two years. And she is like, like a bubbly burst of energy. She's just so wonderful to be around. I just love being around her. And once she starts talking, she's like a motorcycle. She just grows for it. And it's just that energy I love about her. And she was telling me about this project she's got going on, that she's going to uh, enter the world Guinness World Records for having an event. And she was telling me all about it and how she excited and what it's going to take for her to do. And what I didn't realize is the reason why that particular meeting or that catch up with my friend was so good was because we were doing unconsciously. I mean, I didn't know about Barbara last week. We were doing unconsciously what Barbara was talking about. So my friend was saying to me, well, I'm going to have this event and I'm going to be having, you know, but I'm just not sure how to get the word out. I like that. And so I started saying, Ooh, how to get the word out. Okay. Now she didn't say to me, help me. But because she gave me a kind of a problem, my, my brain went like, oh, okay, how do you get the word out? Well, I know how to get a word out about something. I thought, and she doesn't have any money to get this thing, this project, this event. Well, she has money, but she hasn't got money for this project. So I said to her, why don't you go to a university? Why don't you ask for an intern to work with you on a Guinness World Record event uh, someone who's studying event management, someone in film school from a university who is willing to come over and film the event because how cool would that be to have on your digital resume or just to know that you've been part of this worldwide event that's not just any old event, but it's one that's going to be in the history books and the Guinness World Record history books anyway. And she's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Gosh, tell me, I've always wanted to go and speak at universities. I said, well, that's a great idea because... I know many lecturers, and I know when I was at university, lecturers would want to encourage students to go and get real experience, like don't be sitting behind the desk. And if you could just talk about the passion that you have for this event and why you're having this event and why you want students to be involved, that could really, and she's like, oh yeah, that's fantastic. So then I was talking about my project with her. I was saying to her, look, I'm developing something for, um, for senior citizens. And one of the biggest things that I'm finding is, you know, I'm trying to, De decrease loneliness in senior citizens but the hardest thing is you know there's some people have you know obviously they've got arthritis in the knees or the joints or then they can't get to certain events and she's saying well you know what and then I just gave her the problem like I just kind of said this is the problem unconsciously and she said you know I had a problem with I think she was saying her wrist one day I went to a physio I went to a masseuse and she had she was saying to me I had a problem with my wrist and he said to me uh, and I asked him what do I do with this like why is my wrist all he goes, I don't know what it is but here's what I think you should be doing I think you should be going and seeing this lady who teaches Nor what's it called Nordic walking it's like um, she's like, what? Like Nordic walking. It's actually walking with like, you know, like when you go skiing, like you've got those, I don't know, what do you call it? You've got those skiing, um, what's, you know, those, I don't know the, te the technical term. When you go skiing, you're on the skis, 
but then you've also got, you know, the things that you like, that you glide with, right? You go those things that you glide with. I'm sorry, I don't know the technical term. But she goes with this Nordic walking, it's walking, but with these glides that are specifically for, and what that does, it alleviates pain in the joints and in the hips. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's exactly what my participants need for this project because I never knew something like that existed. Like the fact that they could learn how to walk and take the pressure off their knees and take the pressure off their hip joints, well, that will get more seniors out of the house and interact in this project that minimizes and uh, alleviates loneliness. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So she puts me in touch with the lady who does Nordic walking and I give her my ideas about the university and then I also help her out with some of the, with the copy of the marketing copy of the event. Now, here's what's really, really interesting, guys. What Barbara Sher is talking about works. I didn't even know I was doing it. So anytime you're around anyone, whether you're giving a presentation or whether you're speaking one-on-one with someone, say to them, this is what I want. But this is my problem. This is specifically what's stopping me. And see, people will look at what ways that can help. Now, the way that Barbara talks about it is that she has like ideas events where people come, she invites people and everybody gets up and they say, this is what I want and this is what's stopping me. And then they brainstorm, you know, how this person can get by the next step. And the whole purpose is just to get the needle moving because once the needle gets moved Now you have momentum. Once you have momentum, you get enthusiastic. Once you have enthusiastic, you get motivated. Once you get motivated, now you're in a rhythm of just taking the next step and the next step and the next step. And the reason I'm sharing all of this because I realized that when we have a passion, it seems like to turn that into a profession or to just pursue the passion seems like this big wall or this big mountain. And that mountain represents getting over this hurdle of money or getting over this hurdle of I don't have time or getting over this hurdle of but I don't know the right people or getting over the hurdle of but I'm not educated enough or I'm not old enough or I'm not young enough or I don't know enough or whatever that wall represents to you. The way that Barbara explains it is that you don't have to change your attitude. (laughs) You can have a stinking attitude. What you need to do is get around people create an event or anytime you're having a coffee with someone like do what I did you just say this is what I'm doing but this this is my problem now don't expect someone to say I can help you with that but by just putting it out there and saying the key is to be specific not saying I need help or I don't know how to get money the key is to say well I need about like I think 10 grand to do my photography thing that I want to do and I don't know how to access that money the key is to constantly just say what you want and what's stopping you specifically and see where that takes you. The more people that you do this with, like if you have an event, invite friends over and each of you get a turn to stand up and say, here's what I want and here's what's stopping me specifically. People will start now collaborating of what about this or how about this? Or I've got a, I've got an old um, camera that I can loan you or I've, so there's different ways. So one example that Barbara gives, is there was, there was an actual lady who wanted to be a photographer. But she said, and she wanted to um, take pictures of different kinds of wildlife, but didn't have the money. So she said, I want to be a photographer that travels the world 
and takes pictures of these kinds of different wildlife, whatever that, that was, but um, I don't have the money. And that was my problem. That, that was her problem. So obviously they're in a room and someone who works for a bank in that room said, um, where, where exactly did you want to go to? She said, well, I want to go you know, to take different, well, it doesn't matter where, but different wildlife is what I'd love to do and just travel with it. But he says, well, I'm a bank manager. And if you want to give me your details, the bank that I work for is looking for projects like this to actually be able to help out. And we actually finance projects like this. And so long story short, because that lady was introduced to that bank manager's boss and the project of her photography was financed by the bank, by this particular bank. And that's just one example, right? It's just one example of how that happens. But it's the power of coming out of our isolation and sharing your ideas. Now, I believe, and what Barbara believes, it's, it works best when you're doing this with strangers or friends who don't have a lot of insight into you because a lot of judgment can be passed about if you have a family, not, not out of ill intent, but just because, you know, we have our own hangups, right? And you don't want to have your own judgment being passed on yourself. So if you can do that with acquaintances, with friends that, you know, it's people that you feel you won't be judged by, that's the main thing. And so what I would recommend is if you go and get the book Wishcraft, there's even a copy online. Oh, but better still, if you don't have time to read, go and watch her TEDx talk, Isolation is the Dream Killer, Not Your Attitude. And I think it's just the bomb. I was literally in the gym yesterday and I was reading the book while I'm on the treadmill. Okay. That's when I was walking. I stopped running after that. And then I, I still wanted to read. I do, couldn't put the book down. And obviously the book is on my phone. And I sat on the, um, the spin cycle machine, you know, like the spin cycle machine. <laughs> the bicycle and I, I I cycled for seven kilometers just so I could read the book. That was the best way of exercising. I couldn't even feel the exercise because I'm like, I'm so into this book because it was just different to what I've read and it was refreshing. And it was published in 1979. Like, that's incredible. And what really got me involved with this is there's an exercise that I want to take you through uh, because I think this would really help you. I know it helped me because I was doing this exercise mentally in my mind while I was on the bicycle in the gym. So here's the exercise, okay? So grab a piece of paper and pen and I'm going to read it out straight from the book. So pick a colour. Pick a colour, any colour, okay? So choose a colour that appeals to you. It doesn't have to be your all-time favorite or a color you, you especially like to wear, though it may be. The best way to pick, is, pick a color is to look at a selection of colors. And I'd also like you to have your color in front of you while you do this exercise. So you might glance through a brightly colored magazine or look around for a color that catches your eye in a painting or on print. Or look for, you know, a box of crayons and pick a color from that. The, but, the, but the challenge is for you to just pick one colour. So that's what you've got to do. So just pick a colour, any colour, guys. Orange, black, blue, electric blue, aqua blue, green, whatever colour you want, pick a colour and just write that colour down. Now, Barbara says, I want you to role play that colour. That means you're going to pretend 
you are that color and speak for it. Since it cannot speak for itself, it can't tell us what it's like to be royal purple or buttercup or black. You will have to tell what it's like to be your color. So take a sheet of paper and start by writing, I am red or I am yellow or I am blue or I'm crimson or whatever color that you've chosen. And don't say I like blue because or I think blue is from this moment on, you are that color. Okay, so let me just pause for a second. For those of you who are going, who are thinking, what the, where is the hell is this going? Bear with this. This is going to give you a huge aha moment. Just do this exercise with me. Trust me. So you've picked a color and now you're going to speak for that color. You're not going to say that, you're not going to speak into the second or third person and say, oh, I like blue or blue is a happy color. No, you're going to say, I am blue and you are going to speak or I am that whatever color that you've chosen and speak for it. So for the next few minutes, you are the color that you have chosen. So in a few sentences, tell us what qualities you have as that color. In a few words or a few sentences, tell us what qualities you have as that color. Not as yourself. So let me give you an example. I am dark blue. I'm quiet. I'm deep like the ocean. Or I'm yellow. I'm cheerful, intelligent, efficient, but warm. Don't let these responses influence your response, okay? Now, there are no right answers to this exercise. If you happen to find black a cozy color or you think white is depressing and blue is cheerful, great. There's no rules here. So this is a very simple exercise and it has so much to tell that I'm going to break down its revelations into three parts, each of which will lead to questions and exercises of its own choice and identity. Okay, so let's take through, let's take through. Now, what I want you to do, guys, is I want you to pause this podcast or in your head, like I was doing this in the gym. Just pick, you've picked the color. And now I want you to tell yourself or write down what qualities that you represent as this color. What qualities, because you are the color, you are not your name, you are the color, whatever color you've chosen, what qualities do you represent? And just think about that. So here are some examples of what Barbara has written in her book, Wishcraft, that people have said when they've nominated themselves as a color. I am red, I'm intense, hungry, and angry like fire. I am red, I'm lively and giving. I am red. I am a firelit living room with a red velvet couch. I am fiery and passionate, but also cozy and warm. I am blue. I'm soothing and serene. I am blue. I'm cold, distant, but intelligent. I'm yellow. I'm a new kitchen with lots of sun and flower pots. I am cheerful and like company, order and comfort. I am yellow. I'm heavy, rich, valuable, like gold, like cream. So can you see how the same color can mean have different meanings to different people? The color yellow, there's two variations of yellow, two very different variations of blue. Like 
the color represents different qualities for different people. That's why there's no right or wrong answer. It's just what you believe to feel that that color represents or what qualities it has. So here's the punchline. Here's what all this means. When you were speaking for your color, you know, when you represented your color, when you spoke for its qualities, because you were the color, you are the color, did it strike you that you felt free to say anything you wanted about it? For example, I'm red, I'm intense, I'm angry. Well, of course, it's okay to say you're angry because you're red, aren't you? Or did you feel, find that you had some difficulty saying things like, I'm intelligent, I am passionate, I am sad, I am giving? Did you really feel at all shy about saying any of that? So what this exercise reveals, guys, it's, a very, it's what Barbara calls a very thinly veiled exercise that reveals you're actually talking about yourself or at least a facet of yourself. If you've been trying, if you had been asked to pick your favorite color on a different day, it might have been a different color. But certainly this color represented a part of you and it revealed some pretty intimate things about you too. That's why it may have been hard for you to talk about it. You were breaking a rule of our culture, the rule against saying, I am the kind of person who. So that exercise, guys, really does emphasize what you see yourself as or what you would like to see yourself as or how you view yourself. When I was doing this, I was projecting the color of hot pink because I love the color hot pink. And to me, hot pink is bold, it's bubbly, it's vivacious, it's, um, it's strong, it's self-assured, it has strong faith, it powers through, it's happy, it's joy. It, it's those colors that spoke to me now. What's very interesting to know is if you can understand yourself and speak about yourself, even though it's through an exercise, that allows you to open up. And that doesn't mean that, um, you know, I mean, that was just me on the, on the bike in the gym in the, in the 30 seconds that I had that I had to quickly just think of something in my head. But I hope it's revealed to you that you can just open up about yourself and get very self-aware of who you are, how you are, and how that can impact your passion and your profession. Because when we understand who we are, we're able to take on different, we're just able to execute a lot better. So I'm working on this project as an example. I'm working on this project for senior citizens on alleviating loneliness. And loneliness, I mean, the UK have a minister for loneliness. There's over 9 million people who feel alone in the UK. And my project, uh, inshallah, is working towards specifically senior citizens who feel that. Now, I'm no health professional. I don't have any background in that. But what I bring to the table, remember being self-aware, this is all about being self-aware and turning a passion. My passion is to help senior citizens alleviate their loneliness and gain meaning and give meaning. And I'll tell you more about what I'm working on um, as the podcast moves forward. But just for now, that's my passion. Turning that into a profession means I want them to want the senior citizens, that is, to want to be involved in this project that has them 
feel alive, have meaning, have purpose, have a reason to get up from bed and know that they matter, their work matters, their contribution matters. And the way that I want to do that is, like I said, I'm not a health professional to alleviate loneliness, but the, the, what I can hook into is I can go out to people and talk to people about the complications of loneliness, the impact of loneliness in senior citizens and how that impacts society. I can talk about um, the project and how I'm going to create this, this, um, this little kind of hub where senior citizens can come regardless of you know, levels of being able to speak a language or vision impairment or hearing impairment or arthritis or any kind of uh, difficulty, how they can come and just find a place to just be understood. And what I can add to that is I can speak about it and I can create a curriculum about it. That's my value add. But that's because like doing this exercise, it's becoming very aware of what you bring to the table. Now, I'm going to go and get cons some consultation with a music therapist. And I've consulted many books on how to alleviate loneliness throughout this project. I'm not the expert of healthier, but I, am the, but I do bring to the table my understanding of learning and development. And that's the whole premise of helping people come out of depression and loneliness. This is not a cure-all, but it's just my support, supplementary support in whatever senior citizens are doing to help them uh, alleviate being alone. So I'm sharing that with you because that's coming from this exercise. I kind of understood, okay, so that hot pink to me means bold. It means having strong faith. It means really relying on something be going beyond my self-interest, having joy, that requires, those are the qualities that require me to be able to put into this project, to be self-assured. I got a big boost from doing this particular exercise on the colour, right? And it's on page 51 of the book, 51, 40, 48, 49, 50. It goes over a few pages um, in the book, Barbara's book, Wishcraft. And in doing that, what I'm trying to do is trying to get really clear on what I can bring because when I get clear on that, now I can work on that part and anything that I don't know, I can get the other specialists to come in and give me a hand. But self-awareness and knowing what your strengths are through this exercise is key to be able to turning a passion into a profession and not getting frustrated. So that, coming back full circle now, when you and I engage with a friend uh, for a catch-up or with you might hold, a, you might hold a, an event where you invite people from all walks of life and say, we're having an ideas gathering. Everyone gets to stand up and say what they want and what's stopping them specifically. And we're all going to brainstorm and help ways in which we can move the needle for that person for so them to get to the next step. And that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what I did with my friend last week. That's how it's moved the needle for me. I'm actually looking into investigating Nordic walking next week for the project. Um, and that, that's how passions turn into professions. It's slowly but surely, it's the momentum, it's the enthusiasm, it's the just finding a way, finding a way, finding a way, and not looking at what, what I lack or what you lack, but looking at, and this is not a positive attitude, it's looking at 
well, what can I bring and how do I get over this hump? Like what's stopping me? Because someone has found a way to get over this hump. Somebody has. All I've got to do is recognize how I do it. And what I've recognized more than anything after diving into Barbara's book is the biggest takeaway is not that we need more education or more money. It's you just need to get more resourceful. You just need to know how to use your resources. We all have resources. I mean, when I was talking to my friend and I was thinking, well, what contact could I possibly offer her? I didn't know I was going to come out with, you know, go to the university, go to the students at, um, at the university and ask for interns to help you with the videotaping and the event management because that's a huge. Like, don't think, if, if, you, if, you don't, if you're not around a lot of people, don't think, I don't know anyone to put anyone in contact with because you just never know what gets triggered in your mind because I certainly didn't know. And I can guarantee you when I met my friend, she didn't know that I would need someone to talk to about Nordic walking and the benefits of Nordic walking for senior citizens. You know what I mean? Like she never knew that. But that's how conversations come and that's how you can help each other to move the needle. So in summation, guys, passion to profession comes from what Barbara says, don't be in isolation. Don't isolate yourself there are times when you want to isolate to just concentrate and reflect and refine your thinking, your work, your project. And then there's a time to actually move the needle and go and out and just help others in exchange for being helped as well without expectation, without expectation. So you're just pretty much doing that. And I can tell you guys, it really does enliven the whole project. It makes the project become alive. It makes your feelings feel validated. It means feels like you're not alone, that you're not crazy, that you have all these crazy ideas in your head. You feel like, well, does anyone, like if anyone were to listen to the conversation in my head, I mean, what would anyone say? It doesn't matter because everyone's there just to support one another. One of the examples, I'll give you this last example. She had someone, um, and she mentions this in her TED talk, wanted to be a cowboy. Yeah, an actual cowboy, like a cowboy, cowboy. And um, obviously someone was able to give her a hand, give him a hand and go on a ranch and be a cowboy. And <laughs> it's just crazy. The example she gives and how things work out. And I believe it because it happened to me unconsciously last week. And I wanted to share that, guys, because if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling like you're isolated, and it's really, really hard to feel isolated, especially when you're pursuing a passion, it's, it's easy to get isolated. My recommendation is, is just go find the happiest person you know. Go find the most enthusiastic person, the most joyful person, someone who's just a happy person, not like obviously all the time, because if you can find that person, that's just super, but someone who is happy, uh, someone who is grateful and just start a conversation, catch up and say, this is what I want and here's my hurdle. And just see if anything comes from that. And that's all you're doing. And do that many times. In fact, when I do my talks for this project, um, my plan, inshallah, my plan is to go and do my talks uh, when I talk about the project and getting people to get interested and to see if there is interest, I'm going to um, say, here's what I'm doing and here's what the, uh, what, what, something that's stopping me in this project. And I'll see if in that room someone can say, actually, you mentioned that I can, I've got someone or I know someone who can help that. with." I'm just going to see an experiment. I'm just going to experiment on myself and to see if that takes me anywhere. The worst that can happen is that nothing happens. 
Right, you know, that's the worst that can happen. Nothing happens. But the best that can happen is someone says, actually, this is how I can help. Or this is, I know someone who can help you in that situation. Or I can introduce you to so-and-so. Here's a connection. That's how it all begins. And that's the movement of a passion to profession. And that's the whole movement of unboxing your gift. Because as we're trying to unbox our gift, we get to take off the layers of who we have to be, who we need to be. And we just get to be which is the greatest gift that we can give to our passion and to the causes that we want to be able to help. So I hope this has helped guys. I hope this has been something of benefit to you. Um, I know it's just taken me completely off guard the past 24 hours and I loved it. And I couldn't wait to share it with you. So if this has helped, please do let me know, please uh, give us a review. What helped? What is, why do you listen to this podcast? What is standing out for you? And if you feel that someone could listen to this podcast and really be helped by getting them out of their own isolation, giving them a resource, finding out how they can actually um, not meet the smartest person in the world, but the happiest, the happiest person that you know around you is a good person to bounce this idea off. If, um, you know someone that would benefit from this, then please do share this podcast. I really sincerely thank you with all my heart for listening to this podcast and any other episodes that you've listened to because it truly does mean a huge deal to me that I can share these uh, stories, these advice, these insights with you and in turn, in some way, assist in unboxing your gift. And so my advice to myself and to you, wherever you are in the world, Whatever you're doing, life is a gift. Together, let's unbox it.